0: Welcome back to the Smart HVAC Marketing Podcast, the podcast for HVAC contractors who are ready to quit screwing around and begin growing their business. My name is Eric Thomas, and I am the host of the show. And this podcast is powered by Rival Digital, which is a full service digital marketing agency for HVAC contractors. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Smart HVAC Marketing Podcast. Today is July 6th, so it's our first episode back from the holiday weekend. Uh, we hope everybody had an awesome time. Uh, maybe even were able to take a day off uh, and enjoy the holiday and spend time with your family and friends. Uh, but we're excited to get back to it and, and begin recording another batch of episodes for you. So today we are joined by Julian Scadden from Nexstar, Julian, thank you for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm grateful to be here. Happy Independence Day to everyone listening. And you got your red, white, and blue on. I sure
1: do, man. It's the freedom to be me, the freedom to run an industry, the freedom to listen to your podcast and understand how to market more effectively. So I really appreciate what you're putting out there for the industry. Uh, I made time to listen to, to your podcast here, and I just thank you, man. It's critical. We need it.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and and Julian, thank you for listening. We uh, we enjoy hearing stuff like that from our listeners, the feedback. So, uh, you know, if you are listening out there and you're enjoying the content, let us know somehow, um, mm-hmm. either commenting on Instagram or or even just shooting us a message somewhere and just saying, hey, you know, you know, we're listening. So, um, it's always encouraging to hear stuff like that because this is you know a completely free source of information right. for you all to use. So, um, let's go ahead and dive in, Julian. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself uh, and tell us a little bit about NextStar? Yeah, I'll give you the background and, uh, you know, I
1: was teasing you a little bit before we went live that, you know, fresh out of high school, I, I went straight into plumbing. So I was a, I was a ditch digger for a sewer line and apprentice and then uh, it was at a mom and pop and um, they were they were purchased and they were consolidated by a, a large corporation. And I got moved into the office operations. I wasn't that good of a technician. I was pretty slow. And at that time, when they were consolidating, uh, the manager of the business let me know that you know if you're not a revenue producer, bud, you're going to be gone. But I think you're a good kid. Why don't you come into the office, answer some phones, taught me some reports, and in short order, he uh, helped me become a service manager. So did that for a long time. Uh, then I, I worked uh, with some NextStar members. Actually, led a business which became a NextStar member. And then for the past eight years, I've been an employee of NextStar. So for those of you that don't know NextStar is a member-owned organization, and we are coaching and training, and we solely focus on residential, residential plumbing, heating, cooling, and electric. So there's a real quick version of me and a, and a real quick version of who we are,
0: but if there's more questions that I should clarify, Eric, because I'm so close to it, I may not think to share. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll, we'll keep coming up with questions as, as time rolls on here in the episode. So, let's talk about, uh, about the coaching aspect, because I know we were talking about this a little bit earlier about, you know, how important it is for a contractor or for a service manager or for anyone really in the trades to have some type of mentor and some type of coach that can help them yeah. just point them in the right direction. So, so from your experience, what is the most important part of having that type of, of partner or business coach?
1: Well, I think it gets
0: back to the foundation of this industry, and I know
1: the landscape is changing. But our founder Frank Blau would always say that he wanted to take the world's best tradespeople and make them the world's best business people. Um, because by and large, and I've heard this on some of your podcasts, you know, the people, the, 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 either it's a family-owned business or a technician who became a business owner. They didn't necessarily they weren't savvy business people, and that's why I think it's critical that even if you are a savvy business person, because now I watch some of our members join. And a very successful member, just as one example, he's an accountant, you know, and he he came from a totally different uh, business background, but he knew this was a good industry. He knew it was a good business model, but he didn't know what he didn't know. So uh, the, the point of a coach, regardless whether it's a nutrition coach, whether it's a business coach, whether it's a life coach, is to have that set of eyes that is outside of you performing that can give you feedback, you know, and it needs to be direct. It needs to be fair. It needs to be relevant, but there's so much going on, especially in our operations in in residential services. It's coming at you. It's coming at you every day. You know, that's the thing that was beautiful about running a business like this. The phones are ringing. The people are running in and out. Some are calling out sick and you really don't have a ton of strategic time unless you craft it out so a coach can help you see those areas the coach can help you craft um, the time that you need in your schedule to become a leader in your business and and I really do reflect and I want to share this as encouragement and a challenge to anybody listening when I mean, your business is smaller revenue wise you know you're, you're, you're maybe even five million you know three million for sure and, and lower you're running around you're putting out fires you're still doing a lot as the owner of the business but as you start to grow you have a responsibility and I've seen this your business will not grow unless you shift your behaviors to Becoming a business leader—that means knowing your financials, building leadership teams, and creating management KPIs. You're just not going to grow. You're just not going to grow in the way that you want to grow. So get a coach because a coach can tell you what the next steps are. A coach can tell you where your limitations are. And I'm very
0: passionate about that. I appreciate you bringing that up. Yeah. So, you know, when finding a coach, um, what what are some important things to really keep in mind? Because you know there there are several ranges of revenue, uh, from our listenership here on the podcast. Some, okay. uh, starting out making a hundred, uh, $300,000 a year, okay. some, you know, 15 to 20 million a year. Sure. And let's just say either side of that spectrum is listening and, and doesn't have a coach already. Sure. What's something that would be important to look into or to keep in mind, uh, for either side of, of that spectrum. Yeah, well, there's some business basics,
1: and there's going to be basics of uh, you know how, how to create uh, y- y- the departmentalization of your PNL. So in an, in an accounting function, you know, you just have to have that. And I don't know that you necessarily need to be from the industry to coach one of these fine businesses to understand that. But I will say there does become a point where it is helpful to to have someone from the industry who's been there, who's actually run an operation, who will understand the nuance. Because any, I think any coach can help you, you know, set, set up and establish, you know, you could go to, uh, any form of, of schooling or college and understand basic business and the things you need to watch. But what's, what I found really helpful and I know what. I found helpful as a member is not only having my coach, but also having a network of people that I could reach out to when I had a very specific question or a type of equipment that seemed to be failing. So it's always great to have those industry ties. But I think as far as a coach and the question that you ask, regardless of the revenue spectrum where you're at, I I would invite you to consider what are your needs right now? So as you get to the higher end of uh, the revenue, most likely you've been around, you understand your KPIs, your key performance indicators, your metrics a little bit better. Most likely those, Things should be uh, like you know just the back of your hand. You just know them, you got them, and that may be the time where you need to look at a coach who's a bit more into your emotional intelligence, your your social skills. What does it take to, to build a team that can build a team that can create future leaders? And um, that you know that's not necessarily institutional knowledge. That's that's just foundational in creating any business. So I would say look at where you're at, look at where your limitations are. And, and there's a look, there's no shortage of coaches out there. We all know that. But if you don't know a I do feel strongly about this. If you don't know the operational metrics, if you don't know some of the industry baselines, in my opinion, that's where you need to start. Because, uh, and I'll use a, a nutritional analogy or, or, you know, a physical fitness analogy uh, that I've heard is you can't work out enough in the gym. To outrun the kitchen, meaning that what you eat has such a large impact on your on, on your body physiology and, and your and your makeup that you know if you're if you're eating with poor choices, you're never gonna look great without your shirt on. You're just not going to. And I think about that the same way in our business. If you don't know the operations, if you truly don't know how to departmentalize your P&L, if you truly don't know what percentage of labor, you know, of your revenue it should be, if you truly don't know these things, then you're just working. You're just going to keep working and working, but you're never going to outrun it. So I I strongly believe that you need to know your business. You need to know your industry. You need to know those benchmarks. And then as the business grows, you you know, you may get a little bit more uh, holistic into some of the other areas. has been my experience and the members that I've seen here that have been successful in my own shortcomings. That's what I've learned.
0: Yeah, so I feel like I wouldn't be doing my job as a podcast host if I didn't ask. What are some of those baseline metrics that you think um, contractors need to be on the lookout for, begin tracking and measuring? Yeah, we we have. A, I, I'm, I I hate to be wrong here, but I think it's in the PNM magazine,
1: and all you have to do is go on Google and search Jim Hamilton. The Big Five, uh, Jim Hamilton's one of our coaches, he was one of the, the founding members here at Nextar, and he wrote this article, it's on PNM, and the Big Five are the Big Five expenses in residential, okay, plumbing, heating, cooling, and electrical, and if you simply watch those Big Five, and you look at those percentages, that's the bulk uh, of your expenditures, and if you can manage those, you will have a successful business, and it's a very simple, easily written article, and I like to point that out, because we're not here to charge you for everything, to be a member of Star, there's a fee, for sure, but there's no reason that I shouldn't share that resource, that you couldn't hop out there, that you can't look that up, and um, you know, find some of these benchmark baselines, and that's, that's related to expenses. Um, but I think that's a great place to start, because if you can't manage that, then
0: again, you may be chasing ghosts, or you're chasing revenue, and if that doesn't hit the bottom line, then it really doesn't matter. Yeah. And if you're listening right now, uh and you didn't catch about the big 5, I will put a link to it in the show notes. Cool. Uh and then you will be able to just scroll right down and click on it and uh go check out that article. Thank you. Yeah. It's really thoughtful. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, you know, I, I I really like the concept of coaching too because I I came from a a franchising background. Slightly I worked in franchising for a little while and something that almost all franchisors have, at least the ones that are successful are Franchise business coaches, and it's the it's really the same concept. You know, you get a franchise business coach who is responsible for a certain region or a certain mm-hmm. group of, of franchisees, mm-hmm. um, and they do similar to what this was. And I, don't, I was always thinking, like, this is really the big benefit that that the franchisors sell as a benefit of becoming a franchisee is that you get the coach with it. Sure. Uh, and I always wondered, you know, why. Isn't that a concept outside of the franchising world? Well, I didn't, you know, at the time, I didn't know much outside of the franchising world. Sure. that I do, and I see that you can do this. It just it just seems like common sense almost to find a coach of some sort. Yeah, well, it can take you a lifetime to figure these
1: things out on your own, or it can take a one-hour call. <laughs> you can be years ahead of, you know, yeah. bumping your head against the wall, and that's the approach that I take because I'm pretty slow. I need people to tell me things sometimes, and I'll listen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So from you know from a coaching standpoint, um outside of the the KPIs and outside of like the, the things on the PL and departmentalizing things, what are um what are some other things that you think a coach can do to truly help um their uh not I guess not customer, but client or con- contractor succeed mm-hmm. and grow? Yeah. So, so, yeah, it's easy to get stuck in the operational aspects, but there really
1: is that personal growth, that personal accountability, that personal awareness when you're working with an owner of a business to, at times, you know, there, there are some owners of some businesses that should probably never be the recruiters for their business, and then there's some owners of some businesses who, you know, they started as salespeople and they just want to keep selling. The point that I'm getting at is, it's helpful. I think as a coach, you know, starts to get outside of the numbers and starts to develop, and they watch your business grow, that they that they have those frank conversations with you, and you know, they might say, Eric, you know what, you you know, you're you're really great at X. But what I'm starting to see emerge here is, are you aware of why? And then they start to point out these blind spots to you. Because if a coach truly cares in in, in your growth and they want to see you make it to the next level, there's deeper conversations that need to be had outside of the business numbers and metrics. You know, there's conversations about personal growth, about, you know, and I've mentioned this, but it's it's about team building. Your business will not grow if you are the source of all energy. And it's such, and I'm saying this from experience, it is such an exhilarating adrenaline, um, fulfilling, it makes me feel significant when our business was small. You know, uh, look, gang, if you're listening, you're at 100,000. I was there. I did that. But I'll tell you, it got really different when we got about 7 million. When I didn't realize, and it was from the advice of my coach, I was actually lamenting about one of our employees that kept bringing me ideas. And I said, This person's a bugaboo. They're not staying in their lane. They have all these ideas, all these suggestions. And my coach told me, and he just said, Well, Julian, from what I'm hearing from the suggestions that they're making, I'm just going to tell you this. It's much easier to rein in a racehorse, a thoroughbred, than it is to kick a mule. And in that moment, that analogy made sense because what I was doing is I had a bunch of yes people around me, aka a bunch of mules that I had to kick, that I had to inspire, that daily I had to check on. Where's this? Where's that? And it felt good though. It felt so good to be the source of knowledge and information. And I realized that one person that I thought was a pain, they were trying to take us to new directions. They had new ideas. They were wanting to be innovative and I wasn't empowering them. I wasn't delegating. And in that one conversation, my entire perception switched and that leadership team switched our results switched and and things changed. So I think a coach really needs to have those difficult conversations. And sometimes it's, you know, it's, it's, Hey, Eric, you know, you can't run this business. I strongly believe this in our industry. You can't run this business. If you're not going to be present, you know, if you want to run this thing remote, you need an operator on site and just pointing out the perception that that creates for your employees. And I'm definitely getting in a tangent there, one specific tangent, but I think a coach has to have those conversations of the business holistically once the operations are in order.
0: Yeah. And so, for those operations to be in order uh without the owner having to constantly you know have his hand in every single pot of the business, um what's a good uh a good player or a good person to hire to achieve that inside the business? yeah yeah I think you really need to
1: here's something I learned from my predecessor, Jack Tester here at Nextstar is I really watched him surround himself with people that and you'll hear this it's common but offset his limitations, and i I learned that too myself, you know that I really want to pull a person close to me that will challenge me that will push me you know just like that person. If I wanted to be comfortable that that I mentioned earlier in the, the previous example, when I wanted to be comfortable in the business, I knew I could come in and do things a certain way and, and I like that, but When you have somebody who will push you out of your comfort zone and offset your limitations, I think that's the first thing you need to run downhill at. So I'll say this. Here is, is an example of myself. I'm very thoughtful. Now, when I was an individual performer and when I was a doer, I am on the disc profile, I'm a C. And what a C likes, a C likes a lot of detail. I like things in order. I like things to be intentional. They shouldn't move too fast. I'm a perfectionist. I don't want to ship until it's correct. That's why I wasn't a good technician. As I was too slow, I wasn't very efficient. I, had, I needed everything a certain way. Now, trust me, every manager loved the way my truck looked. They wanted my, everybody's truck to look like mine because it was immaculate, but I wasn't getting the work done in a timely fashion, in an efficient fashion. So with that in mind now, as I build out our leadership team here, I need people who are a little bit faster. They want to ship quicker. They want to challenge me. They want to say, well, we haven't thought this all the way out, but here's 80% of it. Can we go? and it makes me uncomfortable and it's perfect. So you really need to, here's, here's something I strongly believe. I think we really need to stop with the, you know, surround yourself with people that you go have a beer with on Sunday. I I don't like that. I don't prescribe to that. I don't believe in it. I say that professionally, I'd rather be around people that disagree with me professionally. I'd rather be around people that have diverse thought, Uh, even if they don't look like me, but they think like me, like what good is that? Mm -hmm. I need people who will respectfully challenge, innovate, and move us forward. Here, the saying is it's not that what I say leads, the best idea leads. And as long as we can keep that um, theory or that uh, application, that, you know, the receptionist, the receptionist, literally, I was just checking an email before I hopped on with you had an idea on a survey that we have been sending to our members for years and she wanted to add a line about our vision i said let's test it let's go for it i think it's brilliant i see what she's thinking and doing that she wants to craft like why are we asking this survey you know we just send it out all the time she wanted to put some why behind it and that's brilliant so surround yourself
0: with people that make you professionally uncomfortable yeah that's that's really great advice and I, i i agree with that as well you know I was recording a podcast about maybe a month and a half ago with Chuck Worley from Worley's Home Services uh, on the peninsula here in Virginia, and he had said something about I mean he was getting started, he had kind of a like a, a right-hand man that was pretty much always in agreement with him and always you know everything mm-hmm. was always the same and And one day he said, "You know, if I know everything that you know and you know everything <laughs> that I know, then one of us isn't needed here." And, uh, and, I love it, and that line really stuck with me because it's like it—that makes so much sense. You really—you want to hire people who know more than you, and that's—that's that's really how you can help really grow or drive a vision. And and it sounds so good. And I'm going to, you know, I want to give everybody listening
1: the freedom, especially the owners of the business, the freedom to realize it sounds good, but it's so uncomfortable when you look like you don't know what you're talking about. It's like, it's so weird. Like I'm supposed to have the answers. I'm, I got to make payroll and I'm the guy and you're coming to me. And it's, it's like, uh, I don't know. And it's just a weird spot, but the faster you go there, the the faster that you'll have that acknowledgement. And some of the people that I have listened to on here, you know, one of my favorites and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just going to play my hand here, you know, but it's Dana over at CNC and she is so humble. Humble, hungry, and smart. That's why she's getting the results she's getting. And she's not afraid to open up and say, "I'm not sure. Let's find out. Let's discover it together." But I'll admit it, it's a tough spot to, to be vulnerable like that.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, it really is. And and yeah, that was a great episode with Dana. And I think it's actually yeah. going to be released on all of our platforms here in a few weeks. Um, Good. And and if you're listening and and you're always hearing me say things like, "Oh, it'll be released soon," we record these episodes live on Facebook and YouTube first. And then we publish them on Tuesdays and Thursdays okay? because uh, we try to have consistency with the algorithms of all the podcasting stuff. Um, so if you're listening on here and you're like, man, I want to get the new content before it comes out, go to our YouTube or our Facebook channel. Uh, both you can just search Rival Digital on either, um, and you will be able to get all of them there before everyone else, mm-hmm. uh, including including all the helpful links, you know, like we were talking about earlier. Um Maybe that'll give you the two week advantage over someone else who may be listening in your in your market. So, pro tip, pro tip. Well, speaking of pros, it is time to test out your knowledge on HVAC trivia. All right, is
1: everybody out there listening ready to look smarter than me?
0: Because mm-hmm. here you go. <laughs> well, everybody knows how this goes. The first question is always the same. So, if you're listening and you're ever on the show one day and you get this one wrong, we will judge you. <laughs> And Julian, you are no exception to this rule. So it better comes. be the
1: same question. That's
0: all I have to say. <laughs> here comes question number one. Got it. In nineteen oh two, this man invented the first large scale electrical air conditioning unit. What Dana said, and I believe or I'm repeating it, is carrier. That's right. Will is carrier. Ding ding ding. <laughs> yep. So he uh he graduated from Cornell University in nineteen oh three. And uh I'm sorry, 1901, and then invented the air conditioning unit in 1902. Thank you, sir. Yeah, seriously, thank you. And then I was actually talking with um, uh, with with another guest recently. who was saying that there was actually someone before him who's considered like the godfather of HVAC. I'll have to use that one in the future as well because that was pretty interesting. Um, all right, let's see if we can get another good question here. All right. I've asked this one before as well, but we're going to do it again. Air conditioning was added to the White House bedrooms by which U.S. president, and I'm going to give you a hint, it was during the 1930s. That doesn't help at all. That'd be, that would mean I paid attention in school. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say Roosevelt. That is absolutely correct, FDR. Wow. Yeah. The new cool deal. That's right. All right, Julian, you are two for three you have a chance oh, oh, come to on. tie the leaderboard at I first place. Win. I want to win. Claire Ferreira is up there with you. She is she was oh, number three. So you have Claire's the, chance, the best. You have the chance to join some elite company here on the Smart Interact Marketing Podcast Trivia. And that's elite. Yeah. Yeah, elite. We should give out badges like I passed the test or something. Please. <laughs> All right. These buildings or this entertainment source was the first businesses to install air conditioning in an effort to bring in customers during the summer. And there's, there's a name for an event. There's a name for an event that you go, you go to this type of business for Mm -hmm. uh, that that got its name from this uh, discovery of air conditioning. Well, as you kept talking, I know I'm
1: wrong and I'm still going to shoot my shot so we can get this thing done. Movie theaters or casinos was my
0: thought. Well, you would have been absolutely correct. It's movie theaters. What? That was my first thought. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. So that's where they got the name uh, Summer Blockbuster. It was like a a marketing campaign to get people to come to the movies because they had air conditioning. Well, Claire,
1: I kind of cheated there and um, (laughs) I appreciate even being in her company. So
0: very good. I I will say... uh, Claire got some pretty difficult questions. Well, she's smarter than me. Yeah, yeah, fair (laughs) enough. (laughs) Awesome. Well, Julian, you know this is this is a marketing podcast, so I'm going to ask you a few things here about marketing. You know, before we begin to wind down and wrap up, Um, because you know I know that NextStar offers um, you know the ability with the coaches to kind of help contractors do a better job with marketing. Sure, Uh, because this is something that. You know, we hear it a lot as a marketing agency. Where I can just run my Facebook page myself, or you know, I can yeah. I can get my sister to do it or whatever. And and that may work for a while, but it just doesn't seem to scale. You know, right. it, it can help getting started, but it doesn't yeah. seem to scale. So, <laughs> yeah, from a business development standpoint, how important do you think it is for a contractor to really? Um, Just get invested in marketing. Rather, it's hiring an outside partner or hiring an internal marketing person. Yeah, and I love that you brought this
1: up. Now I am going to say something to my operators out there. First, I have to do this; otherwise, I wouldn't be a true operator. First, make sure you're capturing the doggone calls. Okay, we're not going to turn on your marketing unless you get your call center right. <laughs> we're capturing the stinking <laughs> call, so I have to say that. Otherwise, my operator blood would would not pump through my veins. But it's it's ridiculous, and, and the reason that this is easy for me when I was running a business, I hated marketing. I couldn't stand all the sales calls. They made me feel dumb. You know, here's the deal, and you can run this ad. You can. You know, I'm I'm back from the yellow page ads even and then tv oh my goodness and i didn't know what was right and what was real so thank goodness for you know great vendors thank you know who take the time to educate me not just vendors who are like i didn't like the sales and that's what i appreciate about what you're building over there is you're you're educating you're not just coming in and selling them your product you're also educating and you know the nuance of the industry so thumbs up to you on that Thank you. Because I did find some vendors like that that helped me, but yes, I'll be honest. You know, NextStar doesn't just have operational coaches; we have marketing coaches, we have recruiting coaches, we have coaches for almost every function in your business. And I did. And I was just uh, reminiscing with one of our uh, marketing coaches the other day that when I came up as a member, I sat there cross-armed, straight-faced, just staring at them for the first day of the workshop because I hated marketing, so I didn't want to hear what they had to say. I was like, "Ah, it's just more money." And then by the second day of the workshop, we were creating a plan, and then I had a calendar, and then I understood what I was looking for. And by the third day, I'm hugging them and leaving. And I'm leaving with a plan. So it is critically important that you have a champion and owner of marketing in your business. If you, if, you, if you think that you can do this yourself, you're wrong. It's just like you thinking that you could run all the calls. You gave that up. You think you could answer all the calls. You gave that up. Give people the discipline. There should be somebody in your business, no matter what it is, that sleeps, breathes, eats, and drinks that aspect of the business if you want it to excel. And marketing is no exception.
0: Partner with some good vendors, and, and you will see your business grow. Just make sure you can capture those calls because they're coming in. Yeah. The, the call seems to be something that we run into a lot as well, where you know we'll be doing advertising efforts or whatever it may be, and it's like, you know, we see conversions and form fills and, and, and people are clicking to call and, but there's, you know, it seems on the, on the back end of it, well, we're not capturing revenue. on Are you you answering the phone? What are you saying when you answer the phone? (laughs) Yeah, and and that's another thing that I was actually going to bring up is sales scripts or even just having some type of sales training or Mm -hmm. script training for your your CSRs or call center or customer care or whatever you know you call them. Right. Um, How important do you think that is, and is that something that you think that a coach could help them with? Oh yeah. Yeah. If, if your coach can't help you with that, then
1: in the most respectful way, you need to find another coach. Um, because there has to be a repeatable process. When you hire somebody new, we can't just get by. And, and we do this. We do this when the business is small. We get by on the luck of Jimmy. You know, Jimmy's really sharp. Jimmy speaks really well. You know, there, there's, um, you know, Karen, she can really pull this off. And, and it's not, that's not a process. And uh, you know, what's the, you know, the last movie you watched that was completely improvised was nothing because that movie would stink. So, you know, you take yeah. the script and then, yes, you can put your own style on it. You can do your thing. But you have to know the, the psychology of the buying mentality of a consumer to address their question. It's not about selling. It's about answering the questions. You have to know the order in which the brain is asking questions that you take them on a journey, that they feel comfortable, that they trust
0: you. And, heck, yeah, you need a script. You've got to start with a script. We all do. yeah So what are, what are some good, like um, – a good way to like get an easy script put together, like a, maybe like a, I wouldn't say like a workbook, but like a process, like a a three or four step process that you could get a a nice, easy script going.
1: Yeah. And this is where, you know, there's so many people out there in our industry specifically that are helping with this because of the volume of, uh, of, um, uh, excuse me, uh, the vendors that are out there in our industry right now. But, you know, the thing that I would say, if you really don't know where to start and you're really unsure what to do and you don't want to invest in a coach because you're a knucklehead, just call places and take notes on what interactions feel good to you. You know, notice you're a consumer too. You need to realize that and stop building your business in the way you want to do things. Be objective uh, be distant and, and step back and look at the interactions that feel good to you. So, yeah, I would call places. You know, I used to do that all the time. I would look at, I would go to restaurants or I might be on the phone and I would say, what was it about that interaction? Again, being an introvert, being very, very detail oriented, but just by opening your mind and thinking this way, you all will do this now and you'll start to think about it. You say, what was it about that interaction? Why did I like that? Oh, is the, when they asked that question, that opened this. So, you can actually reverse engineer things that are working well on you as a consumer to consider how you can build that into your business. And I highly
0: encourage that, even if you have existing scripts. Yeah. And there's a book out there. I can't recall the author, but I know the book is called why we buy. Mm. And that's another book. I'll I'll want to link that one in the show notes as well, because um, I actually read this book back in college. And at the time I was like, man, this book sucks. I don't want to read this. Yeah. Um, Because the the teacher, every single, pretty much every day we were, which, you know, in college classes are Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So every day really means three days a week. Um, But we had to have, we had to carry this journal around with us. And everywhere we went or anytime we consumed or bought or shopped, we had to write down one thing about that experience that stuck out to us. And then we would take them. We would, you know, at the time we would take it from the handwritten version, put it into a system and then it would create like this crazy, almost like a word bubble, um, but not really like a word bubble. But It would just show you like the most popular reasons people are buying or having a good experience and I think that that's something that you can easily do with with your company as well. Um, I love
1: that. Yeah. I love that assignment. That's perfect. Yeah, okay. So now, once again, you all are listening to this, and you just got something for free, something you can go and go do. So the only difference between the successful listeners and the people that are growing are the people who take action. We can give you all the knowledge in the world. Look, Next start Network... We have about 900 members right now. We have them from Australia to Canada to the states, and the only difference we tell them all the same thing. So how come all of them are not wildly successful?
0: The only difference are those who take action. But get right. after it. You know, take action on what Eric just shared with you. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think um, another thing that going back to the the call center the scripting is you know another thing about the trades is that every person's situation is different their house is a certain size has a certain amount of bedrooms built a certain way built in a certain year their financial situations different so being able to train your your call center to be able to not just one not just read a script because everything's going to be different but to actually understand what questions to ask like you know you know I love that you brought that up I took that for granted yeah the
1: script is a series of questions it's not a leading situation so that yeah. that's very
0: well put thank you yeah and i think that uh and and that's one thing like i, I actually was shopping for um pest control at one point mm. and i called a couple companies and it was just like very i just it just felt like it was you get the same thing as them and them and them and them and then i got to the last part and i call them and they're like what problem are you experiencing i'm like well we got some mice in our home and he's like all right well where's your house located i tell him and he's like, oh, you know, you got you're located in this neighborhood, which is across the street from this plant, like it's a water treatment plant. Mm-hmm. And he's like, we get calls all the time from that area. You know, we know exactly how to treat your home because. Mm. So in short, like the other <laughs> people were saying, you you got a mice problem. You need to get us. We got we got to come spray. And we got to put down bait. This guy was like, oh, you're across from the field. That's what's causing this. We got to come hit this spot, this spot, this spot. Yeah. And, and so we went with that company exactly. And it. It really just made it, all the difference in the world. And at that point, I didn't even care if they were more expensive or not. <laughs> exactly. I, I knew that they could fix the problem. I was confident. Love it. Yeah. Well, Julian, this has been an awesome episode, and, and I really do appreciate you uh, taking some time to be with us here on this Tuesday afternoon. Um, why don't you go ahead and tell all of our listeners uh, a way that they can contact you or, or learn more about Nexstar. For sure. You've to learn more about Nextstar. Just look up nextstarnetwork.com.
1: We are member-owned. That's why we're called a Nextstar Network. We're not a franchise, and we're not, you know, not bad-mouthing anybody. We're just different. So learn the nuances there. And I'm Julian Scadden. You can find me on LinkedIn. That's the only place you can find me. If you find me on other, any other social platform, it's a fake because I don't have time for
0: that. So, but if you hit me on LinkedIn, strictly business, I will connect with you, and I appreciate you. Absolutely. Well, Julian, you have a great rest of your afternoon, and we will talk to you soon. Thank you, sir. Be great. All right. Oh.